Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Amen. What we're going to do today is we're going to finalize our Tongues of Angels series. And my wife told me that I needed to wait to wear this shirt until after the Tongues of Angels series so that when people hear me talk about tongues, they don't think I'm a wacko. (laughs) Crazy guy. So uh, I just didn't like this shirt, so whatever. Like, I just like the fabric, not necessarily the pattern, but the fabric. So I was like, I'm going to wear it today. It's a beautiful day. And, uh, but for those of you who are here today, you're kind of catching the tail end of a four-week series where we've been talking about uh, the tongues of angels. Now, I named it Tongues of Angels because uh, whether you come from a, a non-church environment or maybe you come from a, uh, a, a non, I'll use the word charismatic environment where uh, maybe, a, maybe you've come from a Baptist church or a Reformed church where a lot of different environments, not all, but many of those environments would believe that the gifts or the activity of, uh, of the Spirit, the charismatic giftings in Scripture, no longer cease for today. They're done, they're over, they were just a historical document we look back on. Uh, and then there's those who believe that everything is, but they're a little crazy and they hang from chandeliers and they bark like dogs and they do all sorts of weird stuff. And, you know, they, I could go on and on about all the weird things you see on YouTube about crazy, crazy, charismatic Christians. Anybody seen those before? Very quiet. Yeah. You can talk to me. It's okay. Anybody seen that? So what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring balance to what we believe to be, we believe everything in scripture is for today. You guys with me today? I need you to talk to me because I'm feeling a little bit like the woes of June. You know, we all want to go outside. I'm going to let you go in about, about a half hour or so. I lied, 40 minutes. But anyways, <laughs> so I need you to talk to me now. Okay? So let me hear you say amen. amen. All right, there you go. So I wanted to bring balance because we believe everything written in Scripture. We believe that if it's in Scripture, we believe it and it's for today, even though we don't understand it, Right? And so what we want to do is we want to be a, a people who understand Scripture even when we don't get it. So what I wanted to do is, is bring clarity to the idea of speaking in tongues. And what we've done is, is we've walked through who the Holy Spirit is. We've walked through um, the idea of, of uh, uh, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about these things. We've talked about last week, and I want to walk you through it just for a second, just to remind you that there's actually three different tongues that are identified in Scripture. And these different tongues are identified in Scripture. It's easy to think. A lot of people think that when we talk about speaking in tongues, it just is one thing, and that and that if you don't speak in tongues, you can't be a Christian, and the Holy Spirit isn't living with you, which is false. That's not true. You absolutely, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. He dwells in you. He's leading you, guiding you, convicting you, helping you. He's with you. He's comforting you. He's convicting you. He's speaking to you. He's guiding you. Praise God, amen. So we have the Holy Spirit living within us, but then the Bible teaches about a separate uh, experience or a separate encounter, which is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what we've talked about is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, there, there are several different uh, things that can come from the baptism of the Holy Spirit, such as visions, dreams, prophetic, different things like that. But primarily in Scripture, when you study where they talk about the filling of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we see primarily the evidence of that is speaking in tongues. Now, I want to make sure you understand that there could be other things, such just visions or dreams or prophetic or healing or casting out demons. These are all things that God does and the Holy Spirit chooses to do. But primarily we see that when there's evidence of people being filled with the Holy Spirit, 
there is a speaking in tongues. Now, we talked about last week the idea in Scripture that there are actually three different types of tongues. Now, what I'm going to do for the first part of our message, I'm just going to do some final teaching to bring some order in our church to this idea, and then I'm going to end today by giving you this very simple thought of how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit, be baptized in the Spirit, by speaking in tongues. Now, if you're here today and you're like, oh my gosh, what did I just walk into? Don't worry. I'm not gonna make everyone in the room start speaking in tongues. That's between you and the Holy Spirit, okay? It's his role to do that in your life. And and as you'll see, the very last one, it's actually for your private life, not our public life. And you'll see that in a minute. So don't be afraid. Don't run for the exit. My wife is here. Honey, are you in the room? Okay, my wife is the most balanced person on the planet. If she runs for the exit, you run for the exit. Okay, so I'm wearing... Oh, oh, the whole church is on the stage. <laughs> Even it went on. That's not, okay, someone else who's balanced. Who are you? Yeah, Ryan Boras. I don't know if anybody wants to follow Ryan Boras. He's scary. You know, Ryan Boras is one of the nicest people I've ever met. And if you don't know Ryan Boras, sit down and have a conversation with him. You might think he's scary. He's not. When he's doing this in church, you think, man, that guy doesn't worship. No, the Lord's speaking to him. Just so you know, so just so you know, he's one of my favorite people on the planet. I always make fun of him because I love him. I just say that because I feel bad. He's waving. <laughs> he loves the limelight on him. It's great. So the temporary gift of tongue. This is a gift that a few people receive temporarily for a temporary endowment in the public atmosphere of worship. Now, you'll notice we don't speak in tongues on Sunday. And the reason I don't speak in tongues, even though I'm, I speak in a spiritual language, is because, which I'll show you today, this temporary gift of tongues that we talked about last week, you can listen for the whole picture of it, but this is a temporary gift of tongues, meaning the Holy Spirit gives us at moments by his choosing to, uh, to random individuals in the church at that moment, but every time there's a temporary gift of tongues, there needs to be an interpretation. And so uh, you can't just get up in church and start speaking in tongues. Like, it's just not biblical, not healthy, it's not right. There needs to be an interpretation. The second thing we see, so that's a, uh, anybody can receive that. That's based upon the Holy Spirit doing that randomly uh, in the moment of worship or a moment of praise or a moment of uh, time. Now, we create opportunities for this in our Wednesday night worship hour. Now, it's not weird, don't worry, but we just worship and mostly we just pray for the church and then I just feel led to pray for people. We'll pray and we'll exercise the hearing from God and share scriptures and encourage each other and it's a really, really uh, good environment. So come on out and join us. Um, and also our groups who create environments for this. But it doesn't happen very often, and I'll tell you why, because I don't think it should happen very often. And I'll tell you why it doesn't happen very often based upon Scripture. The second thing we see is that the ministry of tongues, oddly enough, and I don't understand this, uh, this, the context of the ministry of tongues is those in the church who've given like a ministry or an office of speaking in tongues where their job isn't just to speak in tongues in public, their job is to help equip other people in the area of speaking in tongues. And so maybe they have that spiritual gifting. Honestly, I've been a Christian for a long time. I've been a pastor for over 23 years. I don't understand this. I don't know why this is in scripture when Paul very clearly says, hey, in a few minutes, let's just focus on prophecy. Don't forbid speaking in tongues, but let's, this is better for the church if you just prophesy. The third one that we talked about is this one, which is the most, this is the perfect of our series. This personal prayer language is for you. It's, it's where, we, as we talked about last week, if you didn't hear last week's message, please go back and listen to it. Because what I've heard from people in the church say is, man, I want to speak in tongues like Ryan does. If, if that's, it's a tool. It's a gift from God to you. 
It's not something you do publicly. It's not meant to be done on stage. It's not meant to be done in your small group where you get up and, you know, some churches, they just, people go bananas and they all speak in tongues and they do the thing, which praise God, like bless them. But in our church, we believe that this is to be done primarily in your own time of prayer, primarily while you're driving your car. I do it while I'm fishing. That's why I fish when I fish. If you see me fishing, it's because my soul's in disarray and I need the Holy Spirit and I'll be casting and everyone's catching fish around me. And I'm just like, Lord, help me to be better at catching men and women than I am at catching this fish, Lord. And I'll speak in tongues as I cast, you know, do my thing. It's a personal prayer language. It's a tool for you to be able to pray directly to God. When you speak in your spiritual language, you are praying God's perfect will for your life. Your ambitions and your selfish motivations are not in the picture. You're literally praying your perfect will over your life and over your children. We are able to pray when we don't know what to pray. I don't even know what to pray, God. I begin to speak in my spiritual language. We are able to wage war against the strategies of the enemy when we can do uh, uh, spiritual warfare. And I think most beautifully, we can uh, rebuild our faith. We can stir up our most holy faith and restore and repair our faith. And so you say, Ryan, I've always been afraid of speaking in tongues, right? It's been hard for me to understand that. Well, listen, I, I'm never going to hear you do it. It's between you and the Lord. It's not between you and me or you and the church. Now, my wife and I sometimes speak in tongues together because, you know, we're clashing like this and the devil's out to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants to take out your pastors. <laughs> he tries to make us fight like dogs and you know, I'm generally always right. So, I mean, it's like, just kidding. Love is sweet. Which, by the way, our marriage thing last night was killer. So next time you do a marriage thing, marriage people, come out. Come on, it's encouraging. We preached a word last night that I'm gonna put online for four ways to uh, keep your love sweet. And uh, you can listen online to that. Sorry, little, little plug, little, little commercial, Spotify commercial. And so... Uh, this is really what I want to help you understand today is that this private prayer language is something that I believe is a gift for every one of us. Now, um, I can't convince you. All I can say is this. You cannot get away from the book of Acts without tongues. You cannot get away from Paul's teachings without tongues. We do not have permission to white out what we don't understand out of the Bible. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Do you know the Bible is true even though you don't believe it? The Bible isn't true because I believe it. The Bible is true whether or not I believe it. And so that's our standard. So if I don't believe something or something's challenging for me, the issue isn't the word, the issue's me. So I'm gonna encourage you today. Uh, and we'll get into it a little for a few seconds here this morning. I wanna bring final clarity to this idea of tongues in Scripture. And I want to just give a precedence for our church and what our position would be. And I kind of articulated it already, but let's dig a little bit deeper. And we're going to read through 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And Paul says this in verse 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. So now we know that Paul the apostle spoke in tongues. And he's being a little cheeky here, I think. But he's, you know, he's... But remember, this is in the context, in this, 1 Corinthians 14 is in the context of the nine gifts of the Spirit functioning in the public setting, or the office or the ministry of tongues functioning in the context of the public meeting. He's saying in this, I speak in tongues personally more than you, not in the public setting. He's saying, listen, he said, look, what's the first three words? I thank God. He's saying, I thank God that I have this tool. I thank God. Why would Paul need this tool? Why? Because Paul lived 
he went through crazy, crazy stuff in his ministry. I mean, let's just take a glance at what he did. I've worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Five times Jesus only got it once. Five times he received what Jesus received that ripped the skin from his back where bones were exposed. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in an open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country. People nowadays are like, call me apostle. Are you sure? In danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Hallelujah. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? Do I not feel weak? Look at this. Who is led into sin? Do I not inwardly burn? So I think Paul's saying, I thank God to the Corinthian church, say, listen, you guys are using this private personal language to show off in the church when really it's for your personal good. I need it. Thank God that I speak in tongues because I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't understand the word of God. I wouldn't be able to understand what's the perfect will of God for my life. God wouldn't be able to open opportunities for me. When I begin to speak in my spiritual language, something happens on the inside of me. And when I'm being beaten or flogged or at sea or I'm hungry or tired or naked, I don't know what to pray for. I can't read any more scripture. I don't know what else to pray. I can't go to more church. All I know to do is speak in my spiritual language. And when I begin to speak in my spiritual language, God takes over the situation and the Holy Spirit begins to intercede on my behalf with groanings that cannot be expressed. So Paul here is saying to the church, listen, you guys are absolutely using this this personal language of tongues incorrectly. Thank God that I speak in tongues more than you guys. Look what he says. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in tongues. When we're here today, I would, you know, so we were joking, like, Ryan, we're we going to preach on in the fourth week. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to speak in tongues the whole time. And you guys can interpret it. <laughs> I would rather speak in five words that just make sense than you getting up and speaking in tongues, Paul says. I hope you get the drift of what he's saying today. He says, listen, I want you to understand. Look what he says in this. He stops for a moment and says, dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in the understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. And he quotes Isaiah 28. It is written in the scripture, which is so random. It will speak to my own people. I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through lips of foreigners, but even then they will not listen to me. Now, a lot of charismatics use this to say that this is referring to speaking in tongues when it is not. Now, I wanted it to because the next verse says that there's refreshing from the Lord and I was gonna try to attach it, but really it's a, it's a poor interpretation. What, what, what Paul is not saying here that, that God was prophesying that we would speak in tongues and receive refreshing from it, even though we do. What here Paul is using is that the people of Israel were hearing the words of Isaiah and then they were going and getting drunk and they were saying, like literally getting drunk and saying the words of Isaiah back to, to Isaiah, but it was like babblings. It was like gib, drunk gibberish. So they were like, 
And so what he said to them was, what you're, like, this is what they did. They were using this language as a way to communicate, and no one understood what they were saying. They didn't understand that what I was trying to do was give them this language to help build up their faith. You weren't doing what's scriptural. What's interesting in this verse is, is that if you look back at it, you realize that Paul is basically saying you are just as rebellious as these drunk Israelites who are using this language that doesn't make any sense to anybody. No one understands what you're saying. What he's saying in the scripture is that you should instead speak five intelligible words. Instead, they wanted to make the language more difficult to seem more spiritual. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is here's why. For those who come from a very conservative environment, you need to know that as you step into the unknown of tongues, we're not weird. We're not these crazy people who are looking to just go, wow, and hang from the chandeliers. But on the other hand, we have people who come from charismatic environments that are used to just doing it whenever. And I want to bring clarity to both and say, tongues is in scripture. We should practice tongues. You should speak in tongues. It'll help you in your life. But there is order in the church when it comes to tongues. There's prophecy. And what we'll see here in scripture, look what he continues. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. Thank you, Paul. When you meet together, one will sing. So one of you might sing and another's going to teach and maybe someone's going to share some special revelation is given and one's going to speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must be to strengthen you. Look what he says. No more than, uh, than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and just speak to God in tongues in private. Look what he says. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. So when you look at churches, that it looks like absolute disorder. I'm going to just maybe... <laughs> There's a lot of, lot of Christians, charismatic Christians, who are given a bad name to the Bible, bad name to Jesus. And if you look at a situation where you're like, I've been in services where people have, you know, I personally don't believe we get drunk in the spirit. I think because the God I serve is not like that. Why would he, why would we get drunk in the spirit? Uh, from my understanding, when we get filled with the spirit, it leads to peace, joy, self-control. So if I'm laying in a room where people are barking like dogs and screaming and doing all this stuff, I think, well, how is this self-control? How is this a representation of the maturity of Christ? It's foolishness. He is a God of, of peace and order in all the meetings, not just one denomination's meeting, all the meetings of God's holy people. Well, that's just our thing, Ryan. That's just how we roll. Well, it's unbiblical. But let me say to those other environments that maybe don't exercise, I would encourage those environments to, to, to step into the spiritual realm just because you don't get it and just because your intellectual mind doesn't process it does not mean that it's not Scripture. So look what he finally says in this verse. So my dear brothers and sisters, look at this. I want you to be eager. When say eager. eager. Eager to prophesy. So in the context of the church, not talking about your personal private time, in the public meeting, I want you to be eager to hear a, a prophetic thought from God, which we find in Scripture. People get up and say, Ryan, I have a prophetic word. There's doves in the sky. Okay, that's not a prophetic picture. This is the prophetic picture. We prophesy from Scripture. 
So when you have a prophetic thought, it should be founded in Scripture. If I can't find it in Scripture, it's you, not God. And people prophesy all sorts of things that are on their own imagination or their own desire. I know I'm going off a little bit. Just forgive me. We have to, this is our standard. This is our foundation. This is what keeps us from getting weird, folks. It's not in Scripture. Don't listen to it. If you can't find it in Scripture or if it's a misinterpretation of Scripture, run! (laughs) He says, be eager to prophesy. But He says, okay, don't forbid speaking in tongues. I'm not saying that they shouldn't happen in the meeting. I'm not saying that there can't be moments. We've had it two times in the five years. And I I say this, and I I say this because I think there's a gift on his life. Ryan Voros, he's a very spiritual guy, very prophetic, hears from God. He often will come up to me and say, dude, I I got a tongue. And I'm like, do you know the interpretation? He goes, no. And then I said... I, this is weird, okay? This isn't on church, kind of in a smaller setting. And so he speaks in tongues and I'm like, oh God, this is crazy. And then Pastor James says, man, as he was talking, I just heard the Lord speaking to me. And so he began to prophesy. And I was like, whoa, it was like, I felt the presence of God. I was like, whoa, two times in five and a half years. In fact, in my 23 years of being a pastor, in my, uh, in my 40 years of being in church, because I was literally born in a pew, it's disgusting, don't sit in that row. <laughs> I've only seen it happen three times. So don't forbid it. It could happen. And it happens by the spontaneity of the Holy Spirit. It's the prompting of God. It's not a human thing. It's not, I think I'm going to speak in tongues now. Listen, if you don't have the interpretation, that's what I ask people. They say, well, I got a tongue. I'm like, we have the interpretation. Well, I think so. Then just prophesy. What he says, be sh- but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. Okay, so... We believe in tongues. We believe in the gift of tongues. We believe in the gifts of tongues. We believe in all those things, but we believe in order. So you can know that as a charismatic, we believe in the charismatic scriptures of the Bible. We believe in those things, but we also want to be healthy, orderly. So when lost people come into the room, people don't know God come in the room. The Bible says that as they hear prophecy, they're hearing the, the, the secrets of their life being exposed. They turn to the Lord. So Paul says when lost, when people don't know God, come into your environment and you're prophesying, it's gonna turn their heart to the Lord. And that's why we exist as a church, amen? Not just for ourselves, not just to have a good old time. We wanna see lost people saved. We wanna see the over 700,000 people in Calgary who don't go to church or don't confess Jesus Christ as, as Lord. We want them to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, amen? That's why we exist, church. Not just so that I can get up and speak in tongues or use my, it's all about my gifting or it's all about my thing. Well, no, it's not, so shut up. You know what it's about? It's about Jesus. You know what it's about? It's about the body. You know what it's about? Lost people. So we do this together. Amen? Okay. So I'm going to take just a few more minutes here. And for those of you, this is what I've heard in the the ruminations of our our groups. And people have said, I I I don't know how to receive it. Now, I love this because what I'm going to teach you just for a few remaining moments here is how simple this is. Now, I'm not going to get, don't worry, hang out. It's okay. Don't be afraid. (laughs) I want to just show you today that this is a gift for every person. It doesn't have to be this sensational experience that happens in the center of church and we've got everyone come down and speak in tongues. It doesn't have to be like that. I remember, uh, as I mentioned, my kids speak in tongues. I watched them get filled with the Holy Spirit. Generally a tongue, if you can speak it and then speak it again and again and again, that's generally a tongue. 
If you speak gibberish and make something up, you're not going to be able to remember what that is. But it's a language. You're learning a language. My kids, I remember, they said, Dad, I want to speak in tongues. I said, okay, let's pray. Put my hands on them. We prayed, and they began to speak in tongues. My kids speak in tongues sometimes more than I do, but my goodness, they just speak in tongues all the time. I'm like, all right. No, I'm not weird about it. You know, hey, Dad, how's it going? Hey, son, how are you today? You know, it's like, well, they're normal, like kids, I guess, but. So how do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Very simple. I'm going to give you two things. And I know this seems simple. So those of you who've been in church for a long time and have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit by evidence of speaking in tongues, because I believe that, uh, that churches have done a disservice to the body of Christ by not touching the subject for fear that people will think we're weird. So this very simple statement seems like, oh yeah, but no, here's the question. Belief in Christ, isn't it interesting that our belief in Christ not only has to do with our heart, but it has to do with our tongue. It's a yielding of our tongue. Remember in James chapter four, the half-brother of James, he wrote an entire chapter about how your tongue is an untamable fire, how your tongue is the source of all sin. And yet our tongue is the very thing that God uses to speak directly to him. Interesting idea. Look what he says in the scripture in Romans chapter 10. And the message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by, look at this, believing in your heart that you're made right with God, and it's by openly declaring. Everyone say this with me. Openly declaring your faith. Openly. I believe in Jesus! Amen! Come on. Open mouth. Everyone bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's just say silently in our heart, the Lord, you're my God. He says, no, declare it openly, out loud. I believe in Jesus. Do you want to know what you do when you declare that? Even if you've been a believer for a long time, you are preparing your heart to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe in Jesus. I don't believe in the culture's Jesus. I don't believe in, in the world's idea of Jesus. I believe in the word's idea of Jesus. I believe in the resurrected Jesus Christ. I declare that he's the Lord of my life. What you're doing is you're cultivating an open heart to say, okay, God, I am yielding the members of my body, my tongue to you. And Lord, I need you to, would you fill me with your spirit? He says, I believe in, I believe in God. I believe in the Lord. Look what Peter says on very basic stuff. Each one of you must repent of your sins. Okay, you've sin in your life, repent. Get it over with, my gosh. Sin is just not worth it. From guy who just lived in it for so darn long, it's just not worth it. Repent, be over with it. We won't, we won't abandon you. We won't reject you. We love you. Just repent. The Bible says confess your sins one to another and you will what? Be healed. Confess it. Repent of your sin. When you repent of your sin and you open your heart to the Lord and you confess that he's Lord, you're opening up your heart. Now, if you haven't been water baptized, you say, well, that's not for me. Well, then that's not biblical. You need to get water baptized because when you're water baptized, what you're doing is you're saying, I am publicly confessing that I identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And all throughout scripture, we see that when people came out of the water off and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Then, everyone say then. Then, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now remember, this was Jesus talking to his disciples who at that time had already been, they've already received the Holy Spirit. They already believed in Jesus. The Holy Spirit was with them and in them. This was talking about a different experience in scripture. 
that you will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here's another one, Galatians 3.2. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You receive the Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. I'm stirring your faith here this morning. Here's the second thing, very simple, same vein, a simple faith. There's a difference between believing in Christ, believing in him, and, and having faith in the supernatural realities of God. I believe in Christ, I confess him, but once I confess Jesus, there's things in scripture that I need to go, okay, I have faith that God can do miracles. I have faith that God can transform lives. I have faith that God can fill me with his spirit. I have faith that he can fill me with tongues. I have faith that he can restore my body. I have faith, faith in his word, faith in God's promises, a simple faith to believe. Look what it says in Hebrews eleven six. It's impossible to please God without faith. Faith is this. Anyone who wants to come to God must have faith. And what is this faith? This faith is that what? God exists. Now, when you read that word God, what do you think of? A lot of people think Jesus. The Father. I find it interesting. How many people don't even see the Holy Spirit as God. In fact, we see this in Scripture. Look, in Acts 19, Paul found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, we haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart when I read this. Ryan, there are so many churches today that talk, teach on Jesus, which is good, and teach on the Father, which is good, but they're so afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit. They're worried that if they preach on the Holy Spirit, crazy things will happen. Because when I read about the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, crazy things happen. Think of Acts, crazy things happen. People were rising from the dead and people were getting healed and people were, get, you know, people were speaking in tongues and there was salvation everywhere and people were radical for God. When you begin to teach on the Holy Spirit, radical things begin to happen. We become radicals, followers of Jesus Christ. And so I want to help you understand something today. The Holy Spirit, he's God. He's a person. He has a personality. And so you have to believe in the Holy Spirit. But to believe in the Holy Spirit, this is one of the greatest strategies of the evil one. I mentioned this so many times. Father God, sure, Jesus, well, okay. Holy Spirit, nope, I'm not going there. Holy Spirit is the one who reveals to us his word, the Holy Spirit. And so my question for you today on this verse here today is this. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit exists? Do you believe the Holy Spirit is God? Do you believe the Holy Spirit was there at creation? Do you believe the Holy Spirit was there and upon Jesus? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? If you have a faith in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says he will reward you. You have faith in God and believe he exists. Look what it says in the scripture. You must believe that God exists and that, look at this, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, I, I'm just reading scripture because what I'm trying to do is trying to stir your faith. Look what it says. Come near to God and look at this. He will. Say, he will. Come near to God and he will come close to you. Look at this scripture. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I don't know about you. Some of you are hungry right now. I'm a little thirsty because I'm running in my mouth. That's not a very pleasant experience. When you're hungry and you're thirsty, all you're thinking about is, is, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry and I'm so thirsty and I just wish I had a drink of water or I just wish I had a cheeseburger or I just wish I had something right now. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. The scripture says they will be filled. And this is my encouragement to you today. 
Many of us are frustrated because we ask God for something and he doesn't answer it. We're frustrated because we say, Lord, would you fill me? And we say, you know what? I'm just not going to ask anymore. I'm just not going to ask him anymore if if he'll fill me. I'm just not going to ask him anymore if he'll heal me. I'm just not going to ask anymore. The Bible says that if you seek, you will find. The Bible says that if you knock, the door will be open to you. The Bible says that if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Look at this. As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, God. My soul thirsts for God. When can I go and meet with him? This is the position and should be of every follower of Jesus Christ. We don't seek him to a point where, well, I found him. I can just stop. No, you just keep seeking and you keep knocking and you keep asking and you keep seeking and you keep knocking and you keep asking. And you say, Ryan, that's kind of irritating. Do I have to keep doing that? Well, do you want to experience everything God has for you? There's more. There's more than what you have today. There's beyond what you have today. There's more revelation in his word. There's more transformation in your life. There's greater days for your marriage. There's greater days for your life. I want you to hear me today. The devil wants you to believe that this is all there is. There's more. The Holy Spirit has more. He has more. He has more. He has more. He has more above and beyond all that I can ask or dream or imagine. The Holy Spirit has more for you. He has more for your heart. He has more for your life. He wants to take you farther and deeper into his love and a deeper understanding of who he is. I want to end today by reading a scripture to you. This scripture is just a fascinating scripture to me. The disciples were asking about prayer. They said, Jesus, will you teach us to pray? Now just follow along with me as we end our time together and we're just going to sing one last song. It says this, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. We finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And just as as John taught his disciples, he said to them, when you pray, say, notice the word Father, hallowed be your name. So when I pray, I'm gonna ask for his kingdom to come. I'm gonna ask for his physical and spiritual daily bread. I'm gonna ask for the ability to to receive forgiveness so so that I could forgive others. I'm gonna ask for the ability to fight temptation. And then he says, then Jesus told a story. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. You say, friend, let me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a, uh, is on a journey, has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because you're friends, yet because of your shameless audacity, He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Jesus is talking about our asking of God. He says you should be shamelessly audacious. You know what that word means? Annoyingly embarrassing. I was so convicted when I read this because the Lord says, Ryan, you want to know why? these things that you believe in your heart that I've told you and showed you that I want to do in your church and in these people. Like, listen, I'm okay with where I'm at. I just want you to experience it. I mean that with all sincerity. I want you to experience everything that God has for you. And the Lord convicted me and said, Ryan, you guys aren't shamelessly embarrassing enough to ask me of what I want to do in your life. You've stopped asking. You've stopped knocking. Look what he continues. He gives this example right after he teaches his disciples to pray. This is what he says. He says, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. 
Knock and the door will be open to you. Everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be open. Which of you fathers, now we talk about earthly fathers, if your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. But if you then, you are evil, how much more uh, good gifts, do, uh, if you are evil and know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give what? Jesus teaches to pray. Okay, well, I want you to ask for the kingdom. I want you to ask for, to fight temptation. Now remember, he's talking to disciples who already had the Holy Spirit living in them. He says, there's something more for you. Acts chapter two, wait on the day of Pentecost. I'm gonna baptize you in the Holy Spirit with power. And from that will be signs and wonders and outpouring of my spirit. And a part of that is this supernatural ability to speak in tongues. If you ask, you will receive. The Father in heaven will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And this is one of the reasons I believe many people miss out on this is because often when we talk about tongues in a church setting, we create a public experience for you so you can stand up front and speak in tongues, which is awesome. But I remember when Andrew spoke in tongues for the first time. Sorry, Andrew. It was at a small pursuit night with five of us. And the Holy Spirit spoke so clearly to my heart. Ryan, pray for tongues. And I prayed and Andrew. Andrew had come from all sorts of stuff. Sorry, Andrew. Alcoholism and marriage was in disarray. And he returned his life back to Lord and repented and believed in God. And he just began to mumble and he's just weeping. Just we I remember so clearly weeping as he began to mumble these words. And in that moment, I knew he had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he will tell you, it has helped him time and time and time and time again. I want that for you. You just have to come close to God and he comes close to you. There's a magical formula. I don't speak in your ear. It's not like take, you know, these easy 10 steps or $5.99 a month and you'll get a discount. Nothing like that. You just have to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and have a simple faith that God, when I approach you, I believe that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Holy Spirit, come right now and you'll begin to sense in your spirit. It'll bubble within of you. Your little syllables and things will begin to come out of your mouth and you say, I don't get it. It feels a little weird. It's a little awkward, but you'll begin to speak in your spiritual language and you begin to exercise it and you will know God comes down upon that natural tongue and does something supernatural in your life. I want you to have this. I want you to experience this. I want you to experience the next level in your walk with Jesus. I want you to experience this spiritual warfare. I want you to experience the ability to build up your own faith and your own private time with the Lord. This is what, why we did this series. So what I want to do is we're going to take just a few moments. We're just going to sing one more song. And at the end of that song, I'm going to get up and I'm going to dismiss you. If you want to go, Please do have an amazing time outside after that song. But to those of you who want to pray, want to hang out just for a few minutes in worship, we're going to create space for you to do that. Listen, if you leave today and you're like, oh man, I don't want to leave because then they think I don't want it. No, it's okay. Don't worry. It's okay. But if you want to stay in worship, we want to pray for you. We want to minister over you. We want to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And we're just going to pray in this room here today, okay? So why don't you stand your feet here for a moment. We're just going to worship. Why don't you just close your eyes for a minute? I just want to take a little poll. <laughs> close your eyes. How many of you say, Ryan, I don't, I, 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 want, I want this in my life. Come on, anybody in the room say, you know what? I think I want, I want to speak in tongues. Don't worry, I'm not going to call you forward. Okay, what we're going to do right now is we're just going to pray. Holy Spirit, right now as we sing this last song. Lord, we just say, Lord, we believe in you. We confess openly with our mouth that Jesus Christ, I believe in you. And Lord, we just have simple faith to believe the Lord as we worship you. You reward those who diligently seek you. We love you with all of our hearts. Come on, let's just pray. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. 
visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.